You're such a perfectionist. Are we supposed to feel insulted or flattered when we receive this comment? And what do people mean when they say that anyway? Do they label us as such because we are detail-oriented, organized, and systematic? When people enter my office as the executive director of the International OCD Foundation, they typically remark how neat and organized it is. Suffer from the same affliction you claim to treat, huh? Do they mean that being neat and organized qualifies me for obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD? I thought I was just trying to give a good impression, you know, look competent, like an executive director should look. I mean, wouldn't it be a little strange if I had all of my files and books strewn around the office with the past three days' worth of coffee cups piled up? So, what are we referring to when we say someone is a perfectionist? Is perfectionism a behavior that includes being detail-oriented and organized? Is it an intention, like giving feedback to help improve someone's performance and achieve a certain standard? Is it an attitude, one in which you are always concerned about not making mistakes and giving others the right impression of you? Or is it about outcomes only? In other words, can you still be a perfectionist if you have a messy office? What behaviors and attitudes define perfectionism? As a result of discussions with my patients and my research on perfectionism, I've put together the following list of possible ways to define and describe perfectionism. Try to determine which of the following definitions might apply to you as you listen. To help you get a better sense of how each aspect of perfectionism operates, I will also give examples of healthy and unhealthy perfectionism. For now, though, just notice how many different ways there are to think about what being perfectionistic means, and whether each of these categories resonates with you. I will have you think through the healthy and unhealthy dimension in the next chapter. Absence of Mistakes or Flaws We often consider something to be perfect when we can no longer find any errors, mistakes, or flaws. Copy editors, for example, review and reread manuscripts looking for spelling errors, grammatical mistakes, and so on. If they don't turn in error-free manuscripts, they may lose their jobs. Emma is one such copy editor who truly enjoys her work particularly the detail-oriented aspect of it. Although she might miss something on occasion, this is rare. Emma is considered a go-to person in her office, and she takes great pride in the fact that manuscripts she edits come out flawless. John, on the other hand, works in the same office doing the same kind of work, but can become so consumed with finding errors that he spends too much time reviewing each manuscript. He begins missing deadlines, thinking about how terrible it would be if a mistake slipped by him. What would his boss say? What would others think of him if this was the kind of product he turned in? He gets so stressed at work now that he finds himself surfing the internet rather than doing his job. He simply finds it too anxiety-provoking to go back to that manuscript. In both cases, each person defines a good product as one with minimal errors. The way in which each person goes about making this happen, however, is quite different. Emma's problem-solving approach stays focused on what she enjoys doing. 
whereas John gets bogged down in what-if scenarios that leave him preoccupied and stuck.